0: Hello, and welcome back to another edition of EdChoice Chats. This is Mike McShane, Director of National Research at EdChoice. And today we are going to be talking about a new publication, or really a new version of an old publication, something we've been working on for many years now, the one, two, threes of school choice. I like to think, especially of us on our research team, we have a few of these kind of tentpole products that we put out every year. The ABCs of school choice is obviously probably the best known of that which is the kind of physician's desk reference of school choice programs across the country. If you ever happen to be curious, does my state have a school choice program? Or how many school choice programs exist across the country? Where are they? How many kids are enrolled? How much money do they get? All of that information is contained in the ABCs of school choice. Building on the success of the ABCs of school choice, we created the one, two, threes of school choice, which is a kind of physician's desk reference or compendium of all of the research that has been done on private school choice programs. I will sort of let the leader of our team working on this, Marty Lukin, give more of the gory details, but I think we crossed the 190 study mark this year, where I think there were more than 190 studies that are summarized in this report. But Marty, and I should say I'm joined today by my colleagues, Marty Lucan and John Kristoff, We should say we were going to be joined at one point by our colleague, Colin Ritter, who also contributed to this report. But, you know, then there was like four of us talking. And so this ended up working out. But shout out to Colin, did a lot of great work on this, and we appreciate it. But Marty, since you were kind of running the bakery on this one, maybe you could just sort of give folks the big picture. Like, what is the purpose of this report? Maybe a little bit of history, like kind of how it came to be. But what are we trying to accomplish with the one, two, threes of school choice?
1: Yeah, well thanks Mike. And again thanks to the whole team. This really was a team effort. Colin and John, you know, you guys did a lot of work on this. So the purpose is pretty simple. Folks want to know if current school choice programs work and people in states such as policymakers who are in states that are considering introducing school choice programs in their states, they want to know how the programs might affect various kinds of people. So really, this publication came about, well, going back to, I think it was like around 2016, maybe, when Greg Forster, who is one of our fellows, he wrote A one one Solution. And that was kind of the, you know, at the time we referred him the Foundation, that was kind of the first synthesis of research at that time that was produced, at least in a really nice easily digestible manner for a broad audience and so the one two threes is is evolution of that and so in this publication we look at a variety of outcomes we look at the effects of choice programs education savings accounts voucher programs tax credit scholarship programs what effect that they have on program participant test scores how do they affect attainment, which is like a students' you know likelihood of graduating from high school or enrolling in college and persisting in college? They look at parent satisfaction, public school students' test scores, civic values, they look at racial and ethnic integration and fiscal effects. And this addition, we have one new outcome, school safety, which is something that parents really care about. So, one two three is it's basically a synthesis of what the research says and as you pointed out there are now almost 190 studies of school choice programs on any of these outcomes
0: oh, so we we didn't quite we didn't quite cross the 190 threshold we are approaching 190 we're oh
1: so close <laughs> i think it's like 187
0: okay so now it's important i think to highlight at least for a moment like sort of dig into something that you just said there, which is what the one, two, threes is and what the one, two, threes isn't. Because sometimes the one, two, threes can be used as kind of a battering ram and sometimes it's used as a punching bag, perhaps better put, it is misused as either a battering ram or a punching bag. So I think it might make sense, Marty, if you could just sort of walk through what it isn't in the sense that like, it's not a meta analysis, it's not trying to make definitive statements, but like, what makes us different from maybe other efforts to synthesize school choice research, and like, what does the one two threes tell us that that stuff doesn't, and what does that stuff tell us that the one two threes doesn't?
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point, Mike. It is not like a meta analysis. A meta analysis is basically a study of studies, a statistical analysis, which it collates all of these effect sizes from a research on for some particular outcome. And it tries to boil that down to one number. And then if it's positive, it might be you know good or bad and then negative. It's the other way around. What we try to do is present all of the research where the methods reach a certain level of quality, and we just try to lay it out there. and basically, we say, overall, what does it show? Are the findings overall positive? Are they overall? negative or do they even detect an effect if sometimes studies may find both positive and negative outcomes and we will record that as well so i think it's more to give kind of a a broad overall general picture of one what studies look at what are the outcomes you know that we have information on and then two overall broadly you know How is choice uh, doing what those studies say? So, John Kristoff, if the goal of this report is to say
0: what the effects of school choice are, I could sort of set you up with a tough one or potentially an easy one saying, so what are the effects of school choice? But I would maybe, this is the section of the conversation where we get to what are the effects of school choice. So I don't know if we want to sort of start at the top. It doesn't maybe make sense to go through every single study or everything that's there, but generally speaking, I mean, so one of the ones that I think people care a lot about is effects on students who participate. The one way to measure that is through test scores. So what do we know about the participant effects? So students who participate in voucher programs, they take standardized tests. What do they tell us?
2: Yeah. And this is a this is maybe a good one to start out with because this is the effect that gets studied and maybe discuss the most. And we talk about that a little bit in our preface to the document. When you look at the results and we have a pretty little table that you can see in the report. And if you spend enough time on social media, you've probably seen this circulated around at some point if you're in choice circles on social media. We basically just identify of all the random assignment studies, and I'll come back to that in a second, That have studied the effect of school choice participation on test score outcomes, the number of studies that find positive results on students significantly exceed the number of studies that find some kind of negative result. So, what do I mean by random assignment? Studies, we talk about this pretty in-depth in the report. Just this is just for ease of use. Because there have been so many studies on test score outcomes for students participating in school choice programs. We have the ability to, if we're going to synthesize the research, present the best research. And any prof in a social science program will tell you that a random assignment study is more or less the gold standard of social science research because it is the best way to isolate what is the effect of the treatment in this experiment. Or in other words, in this particular case, What is the effect just of the school choice participation as opposed to any other factors? And you do that by basically being able to randomize whether a student gets a voucher, you know, in these cases or not. So there have been some cases in some states where, you know, if there's an oversubscription or an excess of demand for the program and the, you know, winners for the spots available are randomly chosen. That randomization allows you to, or at least on average, the randomization means that we can more or less assume that both groups are essentially equal on average, aside from whether they participate in the school choice program or not. They're just as likely to want to participate in a school choice program. So they, you know, that's not a factor, for example. And the strong majority of these studies find null to positive effects of school choice research. There have been a couple studies that have found some kind of negative result. There was mixed results in the Milwaukee program in 2008, which you know kind of competes with older research in that area. So for some groups there was a positive effect, and some groups there's a negative effect. And then there's the uh, dare I say notorious Louisiana program where some negative effects have been found, and there's been a lot of discussion as to what's going on with the Louisiana program specifically as to why that might be the case. Now again. This is not a meta-analysis, although some people have done meta-analyses. I know Pat Wolf at the University of Arkansas, along with some co-authors, you know, has produced a meta-analysis on this question where they worked really hard to find an average effect of what participation in school choice programs were, found a positive effect. But this synthesis is helpful because this is a culmination of all of the research that is especially relevant. And then we make some other references to some studies that you might see tossed around sometimes as well. So, you know, this isn't a one pager. I mean, we do have a one page table, but we are not trying to, you know, whittle down the studies that we think are helpful or, or most important. We think this is good research that has been done on this question of what effect a school choice have on test score outcomes. We find that generally there are positive results in this area. And, you know, with some weird ones, we're not hiding those. We're not creating our own guide. We're saying this is a standard by which you would want to uh, figure out your own path learning about school choice research. And, you know, we just present it all.
0: Yeah. And it's important to note, Marty, you know, there have been some. Recent studies of participant effects of school choice programs that we do not include in our sort of summary tables. We do have some, they're included in a sort of narrative version where we talk through them. But it might be worth just, you know, helping our listeners for a minute or two here. Some of these more recent studies, I know sometimes a criticism of this report is like, well, why aren't they included? Could you give us the brief kind of lowdown? John sort of already touched on it about the value of random assignment studies and others, but sort of broadly speaking, sort of why those studies, if someone wants to skip the podcast at this point to say like, hey, why is an XYZ study in here? Why isn't it?
1: Yeah. So there are some studies that have been done on programs in, for example, Indiana, Ohio, also Milwaukee too, which do not use random assignment. And these are studies that use matching techniques. And so a matching study is basically, you take a student that's participating in the program, and then you try to find, based on a certain set of information, it's a virtual twin, so to speak. So you try to find someone in the public school system, which looks like this individual. They might be in the same district. They might have a similar or same household income level. They both are ELL, or they both are not, et cetera, et cetera. And then you have your treated group, and then this matched comparison group. And so you just compare the outcomes of the two groups in that, and then get your effect size. Now, the issue with that is that there are also a lot of things that cannot be measured. So we can only measure on things that we can observe and that we can measure. But there are all sorts of things that we can't measure as well. For example, someone's level of motivation is one kind of classic example. So the issue in the context of choice is that what you have is one group who is making the choice, who's selecting into this program. And then you have this other group that on paper looks like them, but they're choosing not to opt in, not to select. So there's something going on likely that we can observe. For example, they may have issues with bullying at their former schools. And so some students might be opting into a choice program because of that. That's hard to measure. That's usually not tracked. We can't match on that. So right there, there, there's an example of how these groups might be different. And so that introduces bias into these estimates. And these kind of research methods, they don't give as clean of an estimate as a random assignment study does. That's very helpful. Yes.
0: And look, ultimately, when it comes to making decisions about inclusion and exclusion and research quality, there are lots of judgment calls that have to be made, right? Like what makes higher quality versus lower quality research, more policy-relevant research and others. We do our best as possible in this report to line up why we made the decisions that we did. We went so far as to even include descriptions of the studies that are not included, you know, and the reasons around here. So I think it's important to just highlight, we did our best to be transparent in this. We understand some people might, your mileage may vary, as they say, but I think we've picked a very clear, honest, and defensible way of including what we're including. Moving on from that, and I think in some ways, people can justly use this report as a kind of myth buster. (laughs) But one of the most persistent myths I think out there about private school choice programs is that they hurt the students left behind in public schools. Now, obviously, this is a super important question. If we had reason to believe students leaving with vouchers caused public schools to be much worse off, it's not 100% clear to me that that would necessarily be a bad thing because I think those kids have a right to a quality education. And if they're not getting it, we should do our level best to get them what they can but I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing for folks to be concerned about. John Kristoff, can you give folks a kind of sketch of the research literature on, I guess, what we refer to as the competitive effects, but is really functionally what happens to kids who are left behind in public schools when voucher programs or other private school choice programs are introduced?
2: Right. And Milton Friedman, who, you know, quite arguably the earliest advocate for school vouchers as we know them and therefore the private school choice movement in general one of his original arguments for school choice is that it would make public school system better through these pressures then there's actually like consequences to you know how good your service to your community is how good the educational services to your students are both in an academic sense and in a social and emotional sense as well so know Milton Friedman and you know we are more or less his intellectual legacy. So we also believe that public schools will be better off in the long run when school choice exists and some students switch the school type that they are going to. And the evidence for this being the case is, I think, pretty outstanding, pretty strongly positive. The numbers are that there have been 29 studies that have done competitive effects research on private school choice, and 26 of them have found positive results. And it's pretty significant. And this has been, as the most recent studies in 2022 for the Ohio Educational Choice Scholarship Program, and this research goes all the way back to 2001 with Florida's Opportunity Scholarship Program. So like this research has been going on for a while, and we've been finding pretty consistently positive results throughout the time. There's one quote in particular that I think we've included in the report from one meta analysis of these competitive effect studies, which again, we're not a meta analysis. This is a synthesis publication, but there has been a meta analysis done of this. And they say there essentially uh, is little empirical argument here that public school students are going to be harmed. And uh, yeah, little justification to use that as a reason to dismiss private school. Choice programs. the evidence here is pretty strong regardless of your perspective, regardless of the you know method type that you do, regardless of where you're studying it, when you're studying it, how old the program is, the effects here are pretty strong.
0: Now I want people to check out the actual report so we're not going to go line by line through every finding that we have in there. but Marty, I did want to throw out we included a new category this year. Could you sort of explain to people? what we included, why we included it, and what we found or what we synthesized?
1: Yeah, so we included one new outcome, school safety and climate. And this is a category, well, first of all, this is an outcome, which as we know from a lot of our polling and survey work, this is one of the things that parents not only care about, but they tend to rank highly among the various different factors that go into their decisions for schoolmaking. This tends to rank, you know, in the top three items of things that they care about when it comes to their kids' schooling. And so these are studies that measure things, various like safety-related issues like student bullying, physical conflict in schools, gang activities, drug-related or alcohol-related problems discipline issues, and so forth. And overall, so there have been eight studies that we identified and included in this edition of the one Two Threes, And every single study has detected positive effects. Not one study detected any negative effect when it comes to school choice, um, choices uh, impact on school safety. And I'd also like to mention too that we have, in addition to this new outcome, we do have a new section too. So one, two, three is, this is one of many research syntheses that have been conducted going back about 20 or more years. And we've identified about almost 30 other research synthesis on private school choice research. And so we tried to also collate those and We've included and try to summarize those and the one, two, threes as well. So, definitely want our readers and audience to check that out too when they get a chance.
0: Yes, that's very important. And We've been spending some time here talking about two of the categories that rely on standardized test scores, and it's important for folks to recognize that obviously there's much more included that in the one, two, threes because we think that there's a lot more happening in schools than is measured by standardized test scores. It's the sort of researcher's dilemma that standardized test scores are usually easy to get your hands on. They're administered a lot. And if you want to make comparisons, especially if you've got different groups of people, but have all taken the same test, there's a very natural temptation to make them the sort of sum of all things, right? (laughs) Which they aren't. And so we're very happy to include in all of these. But maybe I want to close by asking each of you a kind of big picture question, which is sort of, obviously, this is a massive report and kudos to you for all of the hard work that you all have put into this, synthesizing this going through making all the difficult decisions. I know there's been lots of agonizing. Should we include this study or not include this study? or how should we classify different findings? What are some hard and fast rules that we can make to try and make this as fair and transparent as possible? But if you you know if you're talking to someone and you only had you know one takeaway that if people you know were just flipping through and you hope that they captured one thing from this entire project, John, I may throw it to you first. But like, what is the one thing you hope people walk away with from the one, two, threes?
2: I hope the main impression that people can get that I think is pretty uncontroversial is that school choice research has a very rich history. And if you're interested in educational choice, honestly, whether you're, you know, have presuppositions for it or against it, I hope that you can look at this study and appreciate how much work has been done to try to understand what effect it has so far. You know, School choice has a lot of momentum behind it right now. There's been a lot of exciting legislation passed recently, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's the Wild West right now, that we have no idea what's going to happen. There is a lot of really strong research that has been done understanding the effects in a lot of different ways. I'm going to cheat and do a second thing that I hope people recognize, and this is just kind of hammering home something that you know we've we've talked about a little bit and that's that asking whether something works assumes that you understand you know what you're trying to achieve and with all the experience of polling work that we've done here and we find all of the different things that people want out of an educational choice system everything that people want out of their schools for their kids you cannot just end the discussion at test score results because if you do that you are valuing most the things that people value least or nearly least in an educational system. And so I hope that people reading this can get a sense for all the different ways that we have, you know, people have tried to measure success or at least outcomes, things to consider from an education reform. Honestly, the education reform movement, school choice or otherwise, has significantly shifted what it has cared about in the decades and decades that it's existed going all the way back to you know, the 1970s, honestly. What we cared about when the NAEP test was created is different from what we care about now, left, right, and center, or at least what we prioritize. And if that's the case, we should also kind of diversify to the best that we can what we study as well. And so hopefully this can give some people some ideas about what that can look like. Maybe there's some researchers who are taking a look at this for the first time and have an idea for, you know, I've seen this methodology or data collection technique used here, and I think it could work really well for this research outcome here. We, you know, we would love that. We'd also love for this to be inspiring for more research in the future.
0: Well, Marty, John bought you some time there, but the question is to you. What's the one takeaway you hope people take away from this uh, project?
1: What really stands out to me is how few studies we've found that have detected a negative effect of school choice. And the reason is that these choice programs are funded at just a fraction, it's a very small fraction, of what students in the alternative and the public school setting are funded at. Choice programs receive, on average, about one-third of the per-people dollars that students generate for district schools. And so given that funding difference, one might expect to find a lot more negative effects. Now, granted, we do in some studies, but it's a really small minority. Choice still has generated in the research a lot of positivity. And I think that that's an incredible thing. And I think that itself really speaks to a lot of concern that folks have about choice programs, in particular, when we hear a lot of claims that these programs harm students that remain in public schools. So I think there's just a lot of positive that we can see in this research.
0: Look, I will add my bit of host editorializing here, sort of building, I think, off something John said, but sort of touching on what Marty said, too, From our other research that we have, which you can find on EdChoice's website, www.edchoice.org, we recognize that people choose schools for lots of different reasons. And therefore, to ask and then attempt to answer a question like, does school choice quote-unquote work, we have to ask like, well, what do you want it to do? (laughs) Like, what do you want from schools? What does it mean for schools to work? What do we want from schools? And then we back out. Well, then how do you measure that? How do you report that? And how do you compare that? I think one of the great values of this report is that it doesn't try to pick one definitive answer to that, right? We don't say, well, the one that matters for working is the test scores or even or something else, the safety or the um, competitive effects or any of those things. We present all of it. And we imagine, I think, different people could read this report differently, highlighting the stuff that they care about. There are folks who really, really care about school safety. So they might flip immediately to that. That's you know where they start the report. And then the other stuff is kind of interesting. And there may be people who really place a lot of value in test scores and the academics that they measure. They might start there and go somewhere else. Folks who really care about the public school system and how these programs intersect with them could start there. It's almost like a choose your own adventure novel, right? You can find the thing that matters most to you. We don't try to say this is the one thing, this is the one yardstick that school choice should be measured by. There are lots of different people who choose for lots of different reasons. We live in a big diverse country where different people want different things out of schools. And I think the the beauty of this publication is that it allows for all of those people to learn about things that they care about, understand the studies, and go through the bibliography that's in it and find the actual studies themselves. So, I think it's a wonderful resource, I think, that you all and the rest of the team who put it together, and we have to give a shout out to our communications folks and others who lay it out and make it look beautiful and and push it out into people's social media feeds and into their email inboxes, and kudos to all of them for everything that they've done. But I think it's a really valuable resource that people can get a lot out of, provided that it is used properly and not misused. Well, John, Marty, it was a pleasure as always. Everyone can head to our website, www.edchoice.org, to see the one 2 threes in all of its glory. We've done like slide share versions of it where it's really easy to flip through. We also have a more sort of text-based version where you can get all of the reasons why we did the things that we did and our own sort of ruminations on what all of the findings tell us. So, I mean, without further ado, you all should do that now. Stop listening hit pause, hit end, and go to it. So I'm going to stop talking. I hope you all enjoy reading that. Thanks, as always, to Jacob Vinson, our wonderful podcast producer, who's going to put all of this together. And I look forward to chatting with all of you again on another edition of Ed Choice Chats.